Does this sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. We have a treat for you today. In studio, we have Trevor Loudon. And I have to tell you, um, he has done more from New <laughs> as a New Zealander to understand the peril of where we are as a country than most, if not 99.9% of Americans. And he goes around the country and around the world talking about where we are. And he's got a couple of great books that are out. And he's in Colorado. And so while he's in Colorado, we got a chance to sit down with him. So he's going to talk about the plight of liberty. But he wrote a new book called White House Red, which I have not read yet, and but I'm going to. I'm definitely going to read it. So uh, join me in welcoming Trevor Loudon to the show. Trevor, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Joe. It's great to be here. You know, I have seen you speak now probably a half dozen times. I've watched many of your videos. Tell our audience a little bit about you. Most of them probably know who you are, but if you could tell them a little bit about you, that'd be great. Well, thanks, Joe. I'm from New Zealand. Um, my specialty is studying radical leftist, Marxist, terrorist groups and their influence on mainstream politics, their, their infiltration of the mainstream government of, of this country. And uh, I, live in a, I live in the United States now, and I, I basically say the reason I'm here is that if we lose America, we lose the world. You know, this is the last stand for freedom here. And so if I want to protect my country, New Zealand, we have to help make sure this country um, stands up, restores the Constitution, and restores the liberty that, that Americans deserve to live under. So, so I'm going to ask you a couple loaded questions, uh, one of which is, is going to be about Elon Musk. I mean, did, oh, yeah. you obviously have heard about that. What yeah. do you think of Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm cheering him on. I hope he prevails. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of counter forces to make sure he doesn't get it because Twitter is a very powerful propaganda force in the, in the hands of the left and the globalists. So I'm cheering him on. I, I hope he gets it. I hope he opens it up. It makes it the free platform that it, that, it, that it was supposed to be. But but let's ask. Let me ask you this question: As a technologist, someone that understands technology very well, I understand how you could blow a billion dollars, right? And you have these other platforms that are out there that have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on them. If you had forty-three billion dollars, don't you think that you could use that forty-three billion dollars in order to develop a platform of your own and literally almost a, a separate, you know, a separate path of technology? Yeah, you, you could, and you know more about this than me, but I think, I think Musk wants to make a point. You know, he, he is, Twitter is a symbol. It's universally known. He wants to take it over and restore it for liberty. That is both a, both a business move, but I think primarily it's, it's sticking one to the bad guys. I think that's the point he wants to make. I'm going to take your tool you've been using to twist, twist the narrative, and I'm going to restore it. And I think, that's, I think that's more his motivation. So um, you, you have a website called trevorloudon.com. That's T-R-E-V-O-R-L-O-U-D-O-N.com. Yep. Um, I, I want to talk about a couple books that you have. Um, and I'm, you know, but one of the things that you talked about, and I got to watch a little bit of it live, you know, through video, is the, the church, the enemy yeah. within the church. Yep. Tell us about that. Well, we've released a, a new documentary. It came out uh, early, uh, late last year, Enemies Within the Church. And it's pretty much as it says. It's a two-hour documentary with lots of whistleblowers, lots of great documentation. And we are revealing the Marxist, deliberate Marxist infiltration of not just American Christianity, but world Christianity. 
And we, we go in the history of this right back to the 1920s, but the main focus is the Marxist woke infiltration of the modern evangelical churches and the Baptists. Because you know, we know the mainstream churches were taken over by the left decades ago, but the evangelicals were staying pure, staying, staying on target, and, and their people tended to vote politically conservative. Because they understood, you know, that if you if you believe in free will, you want to support freedom, right? Right. And um, and so now, in the last fifteen years, there's been a major push to infiltrate mainstream evangelical organisations to take over groups like Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew, to take over to take over seminaries, Bible colleges. Um, the Bible colleges have been taken over pretty much like the universities were. Yeah, and and with the exception, I think, of Hillsdale. Well, Hillsdale is good. Hillsdale is great. They don't take any government money, and uh, but they're, one, they're an exception rather than the rule. You know, Grove City College is another one in, in Pennsylvania, but most, uh, most U.S. colleges are now controlled by the left, and most um, evangelical Bible colleges and seminaries and, and you know, Bible colleges, etc., are also taken over by the left. So one of our producers actually went to Hill, Hillsdale. So oh, see good. Him, see him up there. Well, Hillsdale is great. If I if I was going to send my kid anywhere, it would be Hillsdale. So so I'd like to show this uh, trailer if that's okay. If you're sure. okay with that, Mr. Yeah. Producer. There's a there's a trailer on enemieswithinthechurch.com. You can go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. You know, Trevor has traveled everywhere just trying to talk about the reality of what we face the things that we can that we feel we don't necessarily can see because the enemies within the church frankly they're not going to tell you they're they're the enemy they're just going to push their ideologies within the church exactly well you know if if you were satan wouldn't you want to get inside the church wouldn't you want to pervert the church and twist the church to to in your own ends wouldn't that be the ultimate insult to god it would be. And so the Marxists, who really are rep- Satan's representatives on earth, the Marxists have made a major effort to infiltrate, neutralize, and pervert American Christianity, and we are seeing the impacts of it every day. Well, and it's not making our society better. I mean, the degradation has been evident. Well, well, that's right. You know, when the church is strong and leading, the families are healthy, the families are strong, and the government stays within its boundaries. But when the church fails or when the church is twisted or perverted, families fall into chaos, government gets way out of control, and we have just disaster after disaster. The cultural degradation and political degradation we see is a result of the churches being compromised, not standing up, and in many cases actually turned um, into instruments for socialism. So, Mr. Producer, you have that, you have that uh, trailer ready? Okay, let's go ahead and play the trailer. And you can just play it all the way. We don't need to be on screen. What happened to the church, to the living, powerful, transformative, nation-shaking Christianity? What they're trying to do is completely demolish Western civilization and then to rebuild it in a just society. How do you break down American Christianity? I think the problem today in our culture is many of our words have been co-opted and stolen and dumbed down and reversed. Social justice is sold as something that it isn't. Critical race theory is sold as something that it isn't. Whiteness has caused blindness of heart. Whiteness has caused blindness of heart. When you preach victimization, it always leads to vengeance and vice. Us against them, me against you, I want my pound of flesh. American churches today are where the universities were 10 years ago. Pretty heavily Marxist. They're not quite there yet, but they're well on the way. Many of the seminaries and Bible colleges are definitely already there. That message that they're going out and taking the world is not, you need to repent of your sin, receive Christ. Instead, the message that you actually have is they are under the weight of racism or sexism or homophobia, and then we need to unify them together. I'm gay, I'm 29, I'm a youth pastor in New Jersey. I'm straight, 
and I'm also a youth pastor in New Jersey. We're planning on sharing life together for the rest of our lives, which we're not totally sure what that looks like. Obviously, Nick is straight and he does plan on getting married. Uh, when he has a wife one day, she'll make those decisions with us. The future damage of what we're doing now is just going to be enormous. The entire fabric of family, personal wealth, private property, all those things are out the door. And everything is the state. They believe the state is God. They don't define justice the same way as the scripture. Oh, no. It's going to be an equality, all right. And it's going to be a totalitarian Marxist justice. That's pretty deep. It is. It's, it's, it's very profound. It's very shocking. Uh, th this is a crime story. It's, uh, it's a theological story. It's both frightening and it's inspiring. I, I urge everybody to see this movie. You know, I think the part that, that um, shakes my soul is the mores of our society are being dictated by the, the whims of people, the justification of behavior. And it's gotten so perverse and so bad. As they take over education, they move all the way down to primary education. Now they're training our kids. They're literally training our kids, grooming them to have a decision to make on what, what sex you're going to be. And the church has remained silent. Exactly. You know, pastors, pastors are supposed to be like shepherds. They carry a crook. And that crook is to keep the, 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 the flock in line, but it's also to beat off the wolves. Yeah. And there are wolves everywhere, everywhere right, out now, right out there now, preying on our children, corrupting their minds. Um, you know, the, the LGBTQ movement, which is a big part of this, people don't understand that that is a Marxist movement. You know, the founder of the, the modern gay rights movement, as they call it, is a man called Harry Hay from California, yeah. a long-time Communist Party member. And all of these major gay organizations are run by Marxists, and their goal is not to help homosexuals or sexually confused people. Their aim is to use the gay agenda to split and divide families and create chaos and bring down society they, so they can impose their revolution. Yeah. We, we need to understand it for what it is. So we, we, talk to, you know, we talk a lot about the Republican Party being infiltrated by the same type of mentality, and that at least we know what the radical left is, but they've literally punched holes in our boat everywhere, and now yeah. they're coming after our faith. Yeah. And in 2020, they shut down churches. Yep. And the pastors muzzled their people and said, uh, you can just get your spiritual food online. Yeah, at the time where people needed spiritual sustenance and they needed fellowship more than any other time, many churches were not there. And, and, and this is where I just read, it was heard today that only 30% that of Americans no longer believe in religion. That is the highest number ever recorded in America's history. Now, that the, the closing of the churches and the weakness of the pastors is a lot to do with that. Yeah. Why would you believe in something that's not there for you, that kowtows to the government, that doesn't challenge the government when it pushes totally unconstitutional mandates on you? If your church will not stand up for you and your religious liberties, why would you commit yourself to such an organization? I, I don't know how you can. And as a, as a man who has, um, has given money, effort, time, my property um, to help... Uh, seed churches i've met a lot of pastors i've seen some pastors that frankly i, I wonder how they became pastors <laughs> right because <laughs> their life is a mess i've seen other pastors that have talked to me about one thing and done something completely different and and that's because pastors are not perfect yeah but a lot of people you know as they say see it as tolerance is the love of god well, I, w I raised my kids, and I wasn't tolerant. Well, we make a very strong point in the movie. Well, pa Pastor Gordon, who narrates the movie, makes a very strong point, is that everybody focuses on the love of God, but nobody focuses on the law. 
you know, the, the, the modern Christianity has largely jet, jettisoned the Old Testament. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the Ten Commandments, the, um, the, the, you know, the concept of repentance, the concept of sin. You know, the, the churches are awash with feminine love. We'll accept you. We'll do whatever you want. Sin all week, as long as you come to church on Sunday, you put some money in the collection bait, yeah. uh, box, you're good. Well, where's that masculine love? You know, every family has feminine love, the mother and the father, who will boot your little backside if you disrespect your mother. Well, that masculine love, that calling to account, that willingness to chastise and to talk about the hard issues has been lost from modern American Christianity, by and large, not every church. But that is causing a weakness of the church, that is causing, you know, we're seeing all these weak pastors... Who, who are just girly men a lot of the times and, and who, who won't stand up for anything. So and they're celebrated. Yeah, they're celebrated like this is a, a virtue. You know, love, love the, the, if you want God's love, you've got to follow God's law. You know, the Old Testament wasn't there for no reason. It set the framework of how you run your society, how you are supposed to treat each other, how you're supposed to, you know, Every family has laws. Every business has laws. Every church should have laws. But that has been jettisoned in favor of this nebulous, soft love that really doesn't mean a lot. Well, I mean, and it, it, I, I, I liken what they're doing in the church to what they're doing in our society. It makes you feel good, but it doesn't do good. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know look, if you don't call somebody up for sin... And they are held to account, and they end up in hell. Is it a loving thing to do to never call them out and just let them carry on in their sin and let them let them just deteriorate, or should you call people out and 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 expect standards of people? You know, Jesus was very very exacting in his standards, and he could be very aggressive at times. Absolutely, he was all about love. But that was not an unconditional do as you please. Go forth and sin no more, was what he said. And this principle, this, the, the actual principle of the strong church and the, the masculine leadership and calling to account, that real strong masculine love has been so weakened in our churches, it's now spread through our society, which is why families are falling apart, while young men are in jail because they never had a father to take them to the ball game or to take them fishing or to the woodshed if necessary. And young women are wandering out there going from man to man to man because they wouldn't know a good man if they fell over one because they never saw one in church, they didn't see one at home, and they didn't see one at school. So, But it's the church is the leading institution. The church should be leading our communities, and when the church fails, everything else fails behind it. So... What's the, I mean, and, 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 I, and I always say, I always tell everyone that we're going to talk about the problem, but then we have to work the problem. I mean, at some point we have to work the problem. Okay, how do we solve this? And, and frankly, uh, a lot of it has to do with making people want to come to church and feel warm and fuzzy when they should be challenged in church. In my opinion, they should be challenged. Yeah. People should be challenged when they go to church. It'd be, right? sure, like a, it'd be sure like a cold shower. Yeah. You know, you should be braced. You should yeah. be confronting your own sin. You should be examining your own life and your own behavior, and you should be going out fortified into the world by what you've heard. You, you should be challenged, exactly, because we're all sinful. And if we just go along thinking that we're not sinful and we're, 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 everything's cool, that's a false picture of reality. Church should be, at times, pretty darn tough. But but we're not challenge. You know the problem that I have is that we don't challenge each other in a good way. We don't challenge each other and hold people accountable. They're, they're, you know, and then anytime you do challenge the, what they're doing, they call you a racist or a bigot or unloving I mean, or divisive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, divisive. Wheat from chaff, good from evil. There are times for dividing, and when we're living in a society that is the culture, the culture is a sewer. The politics are a mess and the church is weak, isn't it time we did divide? Isn't it time we divided the strong from the weak? Isn't it time we divided the good from the evil? 
Isn't it time we stood up for the principles we know to be true, regardless of the consequences? Is that not what is expected of us? I think that that's the great test that God puts us under. Yeah. But we have people like Noah, uh, 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 sorry, uh, Harari. Um, Yuval Noah Harari. Have you have you heard of that man? I've heard of him. Yeah. Th- this is sick. And Mr. Producer, if you could, in your while we're speaking, find the video of where he said that it's a myth, that it's a story, that Jesus died on a cross and that he even exists, um, and that men will become gods. I, I really, Trevor, want to get your thoughts on this because here is a guy that hides behind I'm a Jew. That's what he hides behind. He hides behind like I'm 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 Jewish. I'm I'm from Israel, right? I was I. I taught as a junior professor, and now he's being hailed as lowercase p, a prophet. Yeah, he's, he's the, uh, the, the, the prophet of the globalists, you know? And, uh, and, and I think my, my fear is that people ha- are so conditioned today to, be, to get their information from a 30-second TikTok video, right, from a headline, Right. Yeah, I saw a headline the other day for on even on Fox that said, even on Fox, because they're just as bad, they're part of the mainstream media problem. But it said that a uh, man who shoots up Subway released two hours later. He was never released, but they lied. And so it created this frenzy mm. because no one went through and read the article. Mm. right? And so they, they build these things in order to create division and to draw people in. So they get, you know, it's a click, it's a click deal, right? Leaving truth at the doorstep. So everywhere we look, we can't figure out what truth is. Yeah. Well, that's right, you know, and we've lost so much confidence in our institutions, our mainstream media, our courts, our churches, that most people have a very big problem discerning what truth is. Yeah. And there is massive propaganda out there coming from the state, various state entities, and, and, and so-called private media and big tech. The people are walking around in a state of confusion. And, and a large part of that is because the church is so abandoned um, its role in society, that people have no real moral grounding. They're not discerning. Um, you're supposed to be wise as serpents, you know, yeah. but people are just, uh, they're not gentle as doves, they're stupid as doves. Um, it's a sad state, and the churches must take the major responsibility for this. So, so how do we change the church when the church is infiltrated with a cancer that's so perverse that it's, it's literally, and again, this gets to working the problem. How do we work the problem here? How do we work it backwards? Do we create our own churches? I mean, I feel like we're just, we're floundering as a society. And I, look, I stand up. I, I'm the voice that, frankly, I, I fear no. They wrote this article about me in the Daily Beast. <laughs> that I read it, and I went like this. I went, whoa, I did what? Come on, I didn't do that. But, but it's so bad. The lies are so bad that truth gets drowned out by all this. So, so how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we fix the church problem? Well, it w- uh, and this is the reason we made the movie, because we, we wanted to make it very clear what is true doctrine and what is false doctrine. Right. We don't, we're not getting into little arguments between denominations over little points. Right, right. But we're talking about the biblical foundations of the country, what the Bible actually says. We analyze the, the twisting of the notion of love that's been going on for, for many, many years. And, and we lay it out. So this is the Marxism. This is the false doctrine. We, we call out this, the, the, the problems really of antinomianism, which is the abandonment of the Old Testament. We call out the problems of um, pietism, which is the myth that Christians shouldn't have civic responsibilities. Right. And we, we, um, we examine these and we show how the Marxists have used these to twist doctrine and, and, and falsify doctrine to, to lead millions of people astray. So we, we make it very clear which is which, what's gone wrong. So every Christian can look at this and look at their own church, see if their church is doing what it should be, preaching what it should be. And if it's not, you go to your pastor, you try and call them to account. You try and get some, you know, get them back on track. If not, you have to find a church that is preaching it and or you have to start your own. There's no sense listening to a podcast like this on a Thursday or a Friday and going to a Marxist church on a Sunday. It ain't going to do you a lot of good. Yeah, well, you know, you know, and this is my this is the part of the problem where I start looking at the risks of going to talk to your pastor because I went to talk to mine and I ended up leaving. 
Yeah. Well, well <laughs> it, it was pretty quick, pretty easy. I walked up. He, he looked at me like I had fifty heads. Yeah. And I went, hey, you know, I can't stick around. Love you, brother, but I can't stick around if you're going to muzzle everyone. And well, it's the the director of the movie, the man who came up with the movie, Judd Saul from Cedar yeah. Falls, Iowa. He was in a very conservative. Um, independent Baptist Church in Iowa and they got a new pastor and he was going all woke and it was all about critical race theory and white privilege and social justice so Judd went to the elders and the elders did nothing and then the final straw was when Black Lives Matter which is a pro-Chinese communist organization was marching through their town the pastor ordered a whole bunch of pizzas and got the folks to take them out to the Black Lives Matter marches that's when Judd realized there was a problem in his church and that was much more widespread than he realized so he commissioned me and others to research this problem my specialty is communism in the government and i knew there was communism in the mainstream churches but i was even i was shocked at the deep penetration of the evangelical churches and and the bap and the seminaries and the bible colleges it's it's a very deep problem and you're talking to these pastors especially the young ones who've been heavily indoctrinated in this system. So, you know, that, that leads me, that leads me down the path to, to, because I mean, mean, people are going to be listening to this. A lot of people are going to hear you today, right? They're going to hear you on the, the audio version. They're going to hear you on the, the, uh, you know, the rewatch or, or hear you live. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading some of the comments, but they, you know, some people feel like it's, it's everywhere. That no matter where we turn, we turn left, we turn right. It's the it's the church now. It's the government. It, it's almost as if they have systematically tried to erode or destroy or make it so difficult that we can't focus on one problem because there's so many problems. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It's the border. It's international affairs. It's the economy. It's gas prices. It's indoctrination in schools. It's corruption of big tech and Hollywood. Everywhere you look, we're under attack. Because we need to understand the unifying force between, but, but with all these phenomenon is Marxism. Yeah. It's, it's co- the communist movement is attacking us on every single front. And it would make sense that they would attack the church right. because the church is the spiritual foundation of this country. The very first communist party front set up in America was the Methodist Federation for Social Action back before the Bolshevik Revolution. So yet, but the thing is this, we still have a large number of people in this country who are conservative, who are Christian, who want to make, want to do the right thing. But they are led in all these directions. So what we made the movie for is to give people clarity and ammunition so they can either save their church or yeah. start a new church or a home church or whatever so they can start to build the remnant and, and restore the spiritual foundations of this nation. I don't think we have to, you know, change everybody to save this nation, but we have to fortify the remnant, the courageous, faithful people, and then we can start to take back the culture and all the other things that are going wrong. But the key thing is the spiritual foundation. I agree. And um, you have have another book that's out, and so you have a small trailer. I'm going to play this first, and then we're going to move over to this book, and this is White House Reds. Um, it's a new book that um, you have that's out, um, and then I'll get your take on it. And, um, but, Mr. Producer, let's play that video. Hi, this is Trevor Loudon here promoting my brand new book, White House Reds, Communist, Socialist and Security Risks, Standing for U.S. President 2020. We've seen a bit of socialism recently. Well, the 2020 election will decide whether that becomes permanent. Donald Trump Jr. recently said the 2020 election will be communism versus freedom, and he was right. Almost all of the leading Democrat contenders have Marxist backgrounds. That's Amy Klobuchar, that's Pete Buttigieg, that's Tulsi Gabbard, that's Elizabeth Warren, all of them. And the worst and most dangerous of all is Joe Biden. Read about his work for Moscow, his work for Tehran, his work to gut the U.S. military to the advantage of our enemies. He's the most dangerous contender to stand for president, worse than Obama. So read White House Reds. You can order it online on Amazon. But if you want it really quick and you want an autograph, order it through my website, trevorloudon.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Onward to 2020. 
So tell me about what's in that book. Without telling me what, everything that's in the book, yeah. give me some surprises. Okay. Well, look, of the 11 Democratic contenders who were still running at the, at the beginning of 2020, of the 11, 11 contenders, 10 of them are Marxists. 10 of them were deeply compromised by enemies of this country. So it didn't really matter who won. You were going to get a Marxist at the, in the White House. And, um, and so the enemies of the, this country, like China, knew that, that they couldn't have Trump again because Trump would have taken the Communist Party of China down and right. got another term. So they put everything into making sure a Marxist Democrat was put into the White House so that then they could use him to weaken this country in every possible way and so that they could start expanding their own power around the world. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. But you, you know, I want everybody to understand that you, that video that they watched was in April of 2020. And you said the most dangerous among them, the most dangerous among these contenders was Joe Biden. That's right. And at that point, Joe Biden was not considered the likely nominee. And, uh, but I knew Joe Biden has, Joe Biden was, work, was picked out by a man who was a protege of a Soviet agent. He was put into power by a, a, a pack set up by a known Soviet agent, Leo Szilard. Um, he has worked in the interests of Russia and China and Iran his entire political career, and his main focus has been destroying the United States military. And Obama, Obama, his buddy, took 200 good generals out of the U.S. military. Now Biden is going through and purging every good officer, every Christian, every patriot he can with his political correctness and his enforced vaccine mandates. The, the, our enemies are getting ready for war, and our, our military is getting ready for mascara. You know, they have done a job on the military, and that's putting this country in danger. So that, that leads us down the path of what's happening now, the violent rhetoric. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a history buff. I, I did study uh, Pearl Harbor and the fact that we knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen. It was almost like a, you know, they had already planned how and what would be appropriate for that bombing, which scares me to death because that shows that the, that the, the foray of war or the, the, the theater of war is, is, it feels orchestrated. I'm not saying all of it is, but to know that about Pearl Harbor and to hear that rhetoric coming out of, of, of Russia now and the rhetoric that's coming out of the White House, it, I fear that there's some sort of negotiation that's going to end up on the shores of, of America as a result of that. Well, look, you know, right now, Russia is belligerent. Um, China is belligerent. Uh, Iran is belligerent. North Korea is, is belligerent. They're all getting ready for war or they're already engaged in war. We need to understand that Russia, China, Iran and North Korea are all allies. This, all of this chaos we see around the world was supposed to happen under Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has been working with the Russians for 40 years. Uh, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton administration was deeply compromised by China. Trump came in, he walked into a, a, an 80% completed revolution. I don't think he realized the depth of it. And he set them back. So they had to do everything they could to take him out. Now, as soon as he's out of office, Biden gives Afghanistan to China. He's basically... Immediately. Immediately. First thing, that was not stupid. That was a deliberate ploy because now, you know, China wants to go out into the Pacific, but they had a big American base on the western flank. That was a big check on that. Now, if the American presence in Afghanistan is gone, which makes India vulnerable, they're freaking out, and, and makes the whole Western Pacific uh, you know, vulnerable. Um, he gave, basically, Biden gave the green light for Putin to attack Ukraine. He's trying to give Iran nuclear weapons so they can attack the Middle East. And he's basically doing nothing about North Korea's belligerence. We need to understand all of these four countries are military and political allies, and they are using the opportunity where America's military is weak, and they have their agent in the White House to do the maximum amount of damage they can to this country and its friends and allies around the world. All right. So that. Uh, so what's the solution? How do we work the problem? I mean, I, I know we're all yeah, standing uh, together. Uh, we have FEC. We have lots of different organizations. Yeah. Well, look. You, you know, we've got a major problem. We've got. A, we've got a. 
And I say we've got the, the most dangerous president we've ever had in the White House, who's basically working the interests of our enemies. Um, and then if he goes, we've got Kamala Harris, who's worked, who's comes from a Maoist Chinese communist background. So that's a, that's a difficulty. So, and then we've got a very weak Republican Party that's not doing much, and a Democratic Party that's completely compromised by communists and Marxists and enemies of America. So we have to fortify what we can in our country. We have to work to elect strong governors like Ron DeSantis, etc., who will work to seal our borders. We have to get the border under control at the local level in Arizona. And, um, you know, Arizona could have a very good governor soon. Um, Abbott is starting to do a few things in Texas. So we've got to work to fortify our states to defy the federal government and to make sure in 2022 we have a red wave that doesn't just elect Republicans but tons and tons of hardcore America first patriots who are willing to stand up to try and keep the country together till 2024 so we can bring back a president who actually is willing to stand against America's enemies. We are in a very bad position but the strength is we have millions of patriots, millions of Christians who are now taking over school boards, taking over county commissions. They are, they are changing the grassroots of the GOP. We saw that happening in Colorado here this week, last, last weekend. The, the, the grassroots are rising like you have never seen before. But they're rising, and I know this, I, I had Republicans are now writing bad articles about FEC United, the people that have stood up in the election integrity movement. Um, I, I have to tell you, uh, in the, it, they still call us election conspiracy theorists in the establishment and on the radical left, and we have so much evidence that the machines are compromised, that they're, I mean, we have the, the 10,000 mules, mm -hmm. the, or 2,000 mules the, uh, that, that, uh, uh, D'Souza put out. I mean, we have a lot of evidence, a lot. Look, I have no doubt whatsoever, and nor do about 100 million Americans, that those elections were stolen. Yeah. And not just this one. This is a problem that's been going on for a long time. So election integrity is absolutely vital, and I applaud everybody who's continuing to push this issue, because though it takes time, we need to do it to restore people's confidence in the electoral process. Because yeah. if we don't have confidence in our elections, we're going to have violence in this country. And I don't want to see that. So, but yeah, yes, the, the, the rhino Republicans are fighting back like cornered rats because they are cornered rats. They are on the outer. The grassroots is taking over the GOP. The grassroots, the Moms for Liberty groups, all of these um, conservative Christian groups that are rising up, and I travel all over the country, so I see this everywhere. This, this is the hope for America. The grassroots is going to take this country back. The rhinos have got to go. The Democrats have to be defeated, and we have to restore our military, restore our constitution, restore our churches. That is the agenda, and it ain't going to be easy, but there's no other way out of this. Well, and, and I thought... I actually thought the Tea Party was on to something way back in the day. It was. And then it, it fluttered because of the same type of thing. You had the rhinos that pushed hard, and then the people that were inside of the, the Tea Party, they weren't strong enough to stand up to it because they negotiated to become a part of it. Right? And it left a lot of people in the, in the, in the lurch saying, what have you done? Well, the Tea Party, and I was a big part of that. You know, I loved yeah. the Tea Party. You know, they stopped Obamacare, they stopped illegal immigration, you know, legal immigration amnesty, which would have destroyed this country, and they set the stage for Trump. There would have been no Trump without the Tea Party. So the Tea Party was the first attack on the rhino establishment. And it did yeah. a lot of good, and it didn't succeed in everything it wanted, but it set the stage for the next wave. And, you know, and, and we've had millions of people sitting at home for the last year reading their kids' school textbooks, sitting in on their Zoom lessons, watching Chinese-inspired communists burn the cities, yeah. watching an election stolen, and you have millions of Americans, now tens of millions of Americans, who've finally woken up to the fact that we could lose this country. Well, so that, that's a big inspiration to me. And John Roberts, a Supreme Court, the chief Supreme Court justice, said it best 
when the, the case was put in front of them for election fraud based out of Texas, and they said that there was no standing, which, by the way, is unbelievable that they did that. But he said it was because they were burning and looting the, in the streets of our cities. That's right. He That's did, what he said. He basically didn't want to confront this issue because he thought it would have sparked more violence. Well, look, we either confront the issues and the truth now and take the consequences or we compromise and lose everything. That's the way it is. Roberts is a disgusting individual who let us down, um, showed no courage, no commitment to the principles he's supposed to uphold. You don't make a decision based on violent threats from the community. You make, it, make a decision based on the law as it stands. You base it on the Constitution you're supposed to protect. And look, look I fully understand what you're saying. You know, we're, we're battling the rhinos. We're battling the Democrats. We're yes. battling the media. We're battling... Um, foreign propaganda and foreign influence in our nation, what we have is 80 million Trump voters, 30 million more who wish they had been, and God. That's what we've got. But we have to, this country's going to be saved by those people, and it's going to be led by small groups, you know, like FEC, it's going to be led by the grassroots groups. Yeah. Well, FEC's not small, but yeah. no, compa- no, no, no. compared to the GOP or something, uh, yeah, it is. it's going to yeah. be led by the grassroots groups in this country who have finally woken up to the fact that they are, their country is being stolen right in front of them, their kids' heritage has been stolen, and they're willing to stand. I am very inspired by what I see in the grassroots. I'm not blind to the rhinos. I'm not blind to the corruption at all. But I am extremely heartened by what I see in, on the, on the, just in the groups that are springing up everywhere around the country. Well, and... So as we as we start talking through um, your book, which by the way, how I didn't know that your book was there when I literally searched for books, and we've had this conversation in the last year and a half, is beyond me. I don't know how it slipped through, um, but Ash, who uh, comes on the show quite often as my co-host, is like, talk about the book, talk about the book, talk about the book. <laughs> so what surprises do we get out of the book, and what 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 where do, where do you lead people? I know we have all these grassroots organizations, which by the way. I really want to see the grassroots organizations become one. I want to see them set aside petty differences and stop with the, well, I'm more Christian, I'm more conservative. I'm yeah. Well, it's like the denominations, you know. Um, we put the movie out, Enemies Within the Church, and some people go, thank you, thank you, thank you. And some people just want to b- debate little differences. Yeah. And the thing. Look, Christianity's under attack. It's time for all Christians to unite. America is under attack. It's time for all patriots to unite. We might not agree on everything, but we all agree on the Constitution. We all believe that our rights come from God, not the government. We all yes. believe that, that freedom serves us best. We all believe that we, have, we are benefits of the sacrifice of those who come before us, and we have a responsibility to hand those on to our children, to, to hand those gifts on to our children and grandchildren. That's enough to motivate any any mass of people that's enough to motivate vote motivate a movement if you want to get involved in petty squabbles right now you do not see the problem you do are not fit to lead because you do not know how dire the situation is well you know that that leads me that leads me to how how we you know how we and i and it's debate of theology right someone will say that that a scripture means something and someone says it means something totally different and i would say it hardly matters Right. I mean, the, the spirit of it is that we have to get to and I mean, it hardly matters, meaning it's OK. You can stand next to each other as long as you have that fundamental faith in God yeah. and we can have that discussion. Yeah. But that shouldn't be a, a line in the sand. <coughs> no, no. Look, it shouldn't. When when Christianity is under attack, when Christianity has been corrupted and perverted, and that means we'll all lose our freedom. We have. Look, look, you don't agree with your wife every single second, do you? You don't agree uh, with everything. You met everything. my wife? Yeah, no. well, exactly. <laughs> uh, look, I, I had, a, I had a, a friend one time. He <laughs> said, he was trying to unite all the groups. And he said yeah. to these groups, you're always fighting. Do you agree on, what, what do you agree on with each other? Yeah. And they said, oh, 80%. We agree on 80%. Well, he said, how much do you agree with your wife? And they said, oh, 30%. He said, well, I'm, well I'm not proposing marriage here. <laughs> you know, I just want to get the good people together yeah. to fight evil because our kids' future depends on this. 
our, our grandchildren's future. And there's more than enough of us to win this back. There's more than enough if we can unify, if we can put aside our little squirrels, quarrels and get our eye on the big picture. We can take this country back. So, so um, I, I personally believe that we're at a place right now where there's a great redemption, there's a great revival happening in our country. And I think the people, they, they don't particularly understand it. They, they don't understand the revival because they see so much negative because the mainstream media tries to control what they can and cannot see. Mm -hmm. They get blubbering Biden up on stage and he says, the worst times are ahead of us. And, and they accentuate that, and they forget about all of the wins that we have. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you get to talk to all these grassroots organizations. You know, are they asking you, or are they telling you where they're starting, where the, you know, where, where the, I know for us it was getting delegates and getting people to run for office um, and getting some really, really just courageous people to stand up and say, look, I'm unselfishly going to serve my community. Mm -hmm. but, but where does it start? Where does it start in your mind for us to be able to get from this revival to a true awakening where people can see it that are that are drawing these lines in the sand. Well, you know, when the Tea Party was around, you know, the media played, you know, gave it a lot of play and people knew it was a movement. Currently, the, the media is keeping it all quiet. They, yeah. they just don't want us to know that the people are doing stuff. They don't want to know our successes. Like in Wisconsin, the last last few weeks, they they ran a whole lot of scoreboards in scoreboards in Waukesha County. They took yeah. every position, they took every position and every scoreboard in the county or around and um, with conservative Christian people. Yeah. I'm seeing that kind of thing happen everywhere, but we got to start in our own local community, and if it starts with us. If we got something going wrong bad in our lives, sort it out. We got to build on that. We got to build in our local churches, our local communities form networks where we're trading with each other, where we're backing each other up, where we can get together to elect a constitutional sheriff, we can elect a new school board. Um, we've got to expand it out from ourselves and our families and our communities and our churches. And that is already happening all around the country. There's a spiritual revival going on, a political revival going on. You know, see, the darkest, the greatest victories come from the darkest times. Yes. Because that's when good people finally get off the darn fence and do what they need to do. This is Gideon's army versus the horde. This is David versus Goliath. This is the American founding fathers with their squirrel rifles and their, their, their ragtag army versus the world's greatest military machine. Yeah. That's where we are right now. And I see this building everywhere. So, so let's, um, you know, if I can... I want to, uh, the, the interesting part about all of these pieces, I, I want to I draw, draw a picture for someone, right? I want people to, to see this picture. You go all over the country talking to people about where we are as a nation, right? What liberty looks like. Um, what's the blueprint? What's, what blueprint do you leave them with where you, you walk them up and they're all, they, they agree with you? And I've talked to hundreds of people that agree with you. What's the blueprint that you want to leave with them of here's your next step, here's what I would tell them to do next. Okay, well, spiritually, the Bible is a blueprint. Yes. And the Old Testament is a blueprint for civil government mm -hmm. and national defense. Okay, so you've got to get grounded in that. Politically, our blueprint is the Constitution. Yes. Specifically here in Colorado, what I've been telling people is you've got a great Tina Peters, Secretary of State. You could elect that woman she could transform the elections in the state because they've been stealing your elections for a long time now. They have. So if I was in Colorado, I'd be very much focusing on trying to get her to win the primary and to win the statewide race. You've got an open seat coming up here in Colorado that could be easy, quite easily won, run by Republicans. You've got uh, Lauren Bobbitt under attack over on the Western Slope by the Liberals and the Democrats help her win again yes you've got you're only three short seat in the states three seats short in the state senate here those three seats could be taken back and if you get the secretary of state those three state senate seats you preserve lauren um you 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 um you take the um the, the new congressional seat that would transform the politics of the state 
especially that Secretary of State position, because they are winning because they cheat, and she would stop the cheating, which would give you a lot more chance to take over school boards, to take over county commissions, take state, the state senate, the state house, um, right up to the governor's mansion. Yeah, so one of the things that I've been doing is uh, I've been meeting, and, and I want to know what your thoughts are on this. I truly want to know what your thoughts are on this because I find myself conflicted. Um, but I go meet with Democrats. I sat down with 130 Democrats a week ago, well, a week and a half ago, 130 of them. And the reason why I did is because they read the, the mainstream media. They read those things. And I wanted them to see who I was, not hear who I was. Yeah, yeah, right. And so, you know, my fear is, is that if we don't, if we don't walk across the aisle to those people, because by, by the way, you know what they told me? We've been left behind too. The Republicans are not the only ones being left behind by the, by the establishment. The Democrats are like, well, what is happening here? Mm. Which is why everyone's flocking to independent status. Yeah. Well, this, the, every meeting I go to, I, I, I get somebody comes up to me and said, I was a Democrat till a year ago. I was a Democrat till six yeah. months ago. No more. My party has deserted me. And this is not so much a Democrat versus Republican thing. This is a Constitution versus Communism thing. Yes. This is God versus Satan. So there's millions of grassroots Democrats out there who love the country. They might be veterans. They are patriots. They love everything about this nation. But either through family ties or just tradition or because they regard the Republicans as, as too much tied to big business, which is a fault of, which is true, um, that they will go for the Democratic ticket. So, yeah. so I, I support the Republican Party because it is the closest to the Constitution now. I regard the, um, the leadership of the Republican Party as very weak, yeah. but I regard the, regard the grassroots as super patriotic, super pro-constitution, just fantastic people. So I want to see, look, this is the problem with the Republican Party is they're co-opted by big business and all they want to talk about is financial issues. Right. Okay. Nobody ever marked, marched in the state capitol to cut the gas tax by half a percent. People march for their guns. They march for their families. They march for their kids' education. They march right. for the borders. They march for social issues. Yes. And that is why Trump won, because a lot of Democrats crossed over based on those social issues. Right. They are patriots. They may not be on board with Republicans and financial issues, but they're on board with the conservative movement on, on grassroots your guns, your religion, your education, your borders, your nation, your heritage. They love that. Your religion. They love that. So we gotta reach across to not the leadership of of those parties, but we gotta reach across to the grassroots and we gotta talk about the social issues yeah. and American patriotism and Christianity. And if we do that, we can be a seventy thirty majority in this country. Well, and I think that 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 leads me to the other part. Okay, I'm looking. Oh, move, move the mic closer, sorry. Okay. We're almost at the end. You tell him just now? Come on now, what's wrong with you? I could hear him just fine. You kept floating. All right. Sorry. Um, but um, a as I talk to people, one of the things that came up in this particular speech, that I, that, and, and by the way, I, I want to run out and like yell freedom right now after hearing you speak, um, is that I asked the people in the audience, and I, by the way, I met with people who are not the wealthiest Democrats. I well, yeah. I well, I met with those that are the most vulnerable among us. Yeah, and I asked them in there, how many people in here, their son or daughter, or you are a doctor, a lawyer, you know, a financial planner. I, mean, I went down a list, um, a firefighter, a policeman, and not one hand went up. Yeah. And so I asked somebody there, I go, can you tell me why you're not a doctor or a lawyer or why your kids aren't doctors or lawyers? And what she said was daunting to me. No, nah, we can't be that. No, nah, that's, that's not a, that, you know. Yeah. We'll we see. can't be that. We cannot. And this is, this is a reality. They, they are, the, the perversion of the Democrat Party specifically, as it relates to inner cities and the most mm -hmm. vulnerable among us, is you you're not if we choose you you get to 
Otherwise, that's not what you are. So yeah. you get to play ba- you get to try and be the the guy that plays basketball at the NBA. Yeah. You get to try and be the person that that uh, deals drugs. You know, I think that the movie market has created these stereotypes yep. of our poor communities, and then the schools cater to that. They do not teach them yeah. enough. Yeah. Look, absolutely. You know, if you go to these Democrat communities, they want police in their areas. Yeah. They want their kids to get a good education. Yeah. They don't want to be on the plantation. That's why a lot of them crossed over to vote for Trump because he yes. wasn't a traditional Republican. Yeah. He talked about the issues that mattered to them, their education, uh, keeping the borders secure, making this country great so their kids could get jobs, their kids could get futures. And he wasn't a country club Republican, you know. He was a grassroots guy who spoke the language that people could understand. Yeah. That's the lesson we have to learn. You know, you look at the black community. In many ways, they are more socially conservative than the white communities. You look at the Latino communities. In many ways, they are more socially conservative than whites. So yes. They don't, they don't want the homosexual agenda in their kids. They don't want their kids... Um, going into gangs. They want a good, strong police presence in their communities. They want to keep their kids safe, educate them, and they want the American dream. And they think, the, Demo- they think the Democrats the Democrats reach out to them and give them stuff, and the Republican Party ignores them, you know, because the Republican Party doesn't want to talk about abortion. It doesn't want to talk about stolen elections. It doesn't want to talk about social issues. It doesn't want to talk about changing education because too many of the Republican Party are in bed with the Chamber of Commerce who only cares about money. This country's going to be won back by the populist, patriotic, grassroots base who loves God and the Constitution and this country and their kids. That's our target market, and that's what's going to save this country. So as we as we wrap up, because we are out of time, I want to. I and I'll give you the last thought. I everything you just said is is the ideology that I I chase, and I and as I start talking to the, the the gubernatorial candidates and the Senate candidates, I keep telling them that stop talking to the echo chamber. Yeah, walk into the belly of the beast. Have a conversation with people who have been left behind. Yeah, talk to them about voting, the importance of voting, and whether or not their vote will be stolen just like ours. Mm. And more than the vote being stolen, they're being led down a path where they have no choice, they become slaves. And I do believe that that's in America, that's, that's what communism, that's what Marxism is, it's slavery. Yeah, it, it's not sharing the wealth, it's all wealth and all power concentrated in few hands, and if you're not part of the club, you get left out. We have a massive opportunity to reach out to people all across the spectrum who understand their country's being stolen, they understand that they're being lied to on a regular basis, and their issues that concern them are not being addressed. If we can articulate those issues of patriotism, culture, um, the education system. True education. True education. Look, I'll tell you this. I would say that the poorest little black kid in the poorest district of Alabama in 1952 would have got a better education in math and science and geography and history than the richest white kid in the best school district in Colorado would get today. Yes. Absolutely guaranteed. 100%. Because it's more about social justice and less about the things that can provide opportunity yeah, in the yeah. future. And, and you, you know, that's exactly right. You sell a program too. Wouldn't it be great in this country if instead of 60% of kids going to college, 60% of kids did apprenticeship, went to trade school, yeah. actually learned a real skill that they can market. So by the time they're 25, they're running their own business, they got their house paid off, they can start their family and bring their, you know, bring their, their kids up in prosperity. Right. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Instead of wasting all this money on basket weaving and sociology and Marxist propaganda, there are so many easy solutions. It's very clear what we need to do to save America. We need to elect people with the political will and courage to actually do it. Well, I have to tell you that it, courage is more infectious than fear in living my life that right. way. I, I would have rather have been a CEO of a tech company and sold my company and just gone and done the work that I thought I was meant to do, which is mentor young people to to realize that there is a lot of opportunity out there. And instead... I'm a podcaster and a guy that travels around the country <laughs> building an organization that helps people in that groundswell. Yeah. Well, we've got to do, we're in a war, we've got to do what we've got to do, isn't it? And uh, 
We live in a country that was given to us by people with courage who are willing to make sacrifices. Yeah. And we have to have that same spirit today so that our children can live in a country that's even greater than we came to it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you the last word. We are out of time. And then I just want to thank you immensely for, for coming on the show today. Well, look, look, it's a pleasure, Joe. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd really want people to see the movie Enemies Within the Church, and they can find that at enemieswithinthechurch.com. You can do pay-per-view. You can buy copies. People are buying 100 copies at a time, passing them around their churches, getting their pastor to sit down and watch it. It's a great litmus test on where your pastor's at. But I just want to say um, I'm very encouraged by what I see in the grassroots of this country. I travel all over it. I see it. I have that perspective. And I just want people to get involved and realize there is hope. And if you dedicate yourself and do the right thing that's in front of you, make the right decisions, we can absolutely save this country. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being on today. God bless you. Well, thank you, sir. And well, you can also thank go to trevorloudon.com. That's T R E V O R L O U D O N.com. And you can keep up with uh, Trevor and his uh, speaking tour. He is all around the country. Where are you going to be next? Um, I'm going to spend a week in California, Southern California, right. next in Fallbrook and places like that. Then I go to Fort Smith, Arkansas. Then I go to Georgia and South Carolina. I'm on the road continuously. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a schedule that I do not envy you for, but I do know you're doing God's work and you're doing the work of this country, so thank you very much. Well, thank you. I feel like uh, any free nation in this world owes America a great debt, and if I can help to repay that in any way, I'm happy to do so. Trevor Loudon joining us. Guys, listen, as I, as I try to tell you that courage is more infectious than fear, I try to live my life that way, and the guests that we have live their lives that way. And so I want you to support them. I want you to go out and watch the movie. It's the enemies. It's enemieswithinthechurch.com. Go grab a bunch of your friends, sit on the couch, and watch the movie. As we start walking down this path, I talk about, you know, how, how do we, how do we uh, work the problem? How do we work the problem? Joe, there's so much around us. We, we work the problem by putting one foot in front of the other. So there's several ways that you can do that. Number one, you can join us at Conservative Daily. We are growing dramatically. Um, you can go to conservative-daily.com, become a member for as little as $10. The second part of this is FEC United, right? I'm going to talk to you about FEC United every single day. I do not get paid by FEC United. I'm the founder of the organization. We spend those funds in growing the organization across the country. We now are in 18 states. We have 380,000 members and growing. We have a new app, commission.global. Um, that you can go to and you can become a member in your community. We also are, are launching a thing called the People's Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce admitted and bragged about in a Times article in no December of 2020 that they were able to fortify the election away from President Trump. And if you look at what we're going through today, all of those things that were done were done to hurt you because you're the inconvenience, you're the slave, you're the one that should not have a voice. You should do as you're told and let most of the money, 52 cents on the dollar, go to the government so they can dole it out to foreign interest. So go to um, commission.global. Go on to the app on the Apple Play Store and the Google Play Store. Um, download it. Look for FEC United and get ready as you stand in the gap. Um, so I'm going to end this the way that I end every uh, um, uh, podcast now. I'm going to say a little prayer. So if you'll join me in that. Father God, thank you uh, for the opportunity that we have to have Trevor Loudon on the show and to be able to speak truth to so many people. Father, thank you for his courage. Thank you for the men and women that you have put in this fight. Thank you for opening the eyes of so many around the nation. And thank you for protecting and preserving this nation for over 200 years. Father, as we go about our day, help us become examples of Jesus and how we live our lives, but understanding that Sometimes you just have to lift up the sword. Now that's not a call for violence. It's not even me asking you to drive people to violence. It's just making people realize that sometimes it's not about the tolerance. It's about holding people accountable and showing them what the consequences are for the path that they choose. Father, help us to go about our day that we may be blessed in our activities and that we may prosper. I say all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey.
It's going to be a great day. I'm going to go on a hike with my sisters and have a great day. You have a great day. God bless you. And um, I, will, I will not see you tonight. Who's on tonight? Jake, are I, Jake and I are on. And yep. we've got uh, Dr. Artis and possibly Dr. Tao as well. What? I'm not here and Dr. Artis is going to be on here? You guys cheated me out of this one. Uh, hey, it was, I feel it, was, it was on the calendar. Ah, see, and I, yeah, somebody said bring on Linwood. We will have Linwood here on the next couple weeks. Yeah, he's been recovering yeah. from eye surgery. Yeah. All right. Hey, God bless you all. I'll see you. I might pop in tonight. You guys are going to have to put me on. I'm going to go video on it. You don't get to have Dr. Artis without me. What's wrong with you guys? All right, so pop on. All right. All right. God bless you guys.